This is Christopher Miller, voice of Clone Heist JFK, saying, You are listening to Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski's Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast, Sync Ratios! <laughs> guys a week has passed for us mere moments it's no. still no it's been a week it's been a week but it's still after dark <laughs> it's still sync ratios nights here in the cocktail lounge of uh, kevin's apartment kevin's Kevin? asleep yeah. <laughs> yeah in the other room yeah we're just here just, you know making noise bothering him but uh yeah this is Sync Ratios and Neon Genesis Evangelion Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Collins. Oh, that's my bet. Things have really changed. I just took <laughs> we it. We are the I rebuild took, movies. I took the ball. I ran with it at night. There's no rules. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, I'm Luke Piotrowski, one of your other hosts. Uh, I'm Kevin Phillips, guest and, and friend. Re- recurring <laughs> cast yeah. member. You're, the, uh, you're like the Ensign O'Brien. Yeah. Or the, yeah. <laughs> or the Terra or Skinner. From uh, from X Files, yeah, yeah, assistant director. I'll take it. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good one. Uh, or like or uh, or David Lynch from first two seasons of Twin Peaks. <laughs> you have to shout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? And I'm Kevin Phillips. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. <laughs> Coming to you from a clear night in Los Angeles. Uh, this is yeah. So this is part two of our epic coverage of Evangelion one point one one. You are. Parentheses, not close parentheses, alone. I love that title. I love that. You, like, Kevin, I, you're yeah. I'm all for it. Fucking love it. The use of parentheses. What, what if so... I was like, Nuh. no, yeah, no. I just, I just it's, hate it. It's, it's such. A, it's not such for a me. Good, I mean, I remember <laughs> when, when like when this is a weird like, but like when um when was it was it the Ghost in the Shell show uh-huh. or movie with the 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 standalone complex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I remember when that came out and just hearing that title of being like fuck that's such a good that's, that's such a cool that's funny title that you say that because yeah for me there were two th- it was all around the same time of me being like obviously it was super into anime you know as like for like fresh out of high school i then like became an adult and like had mm-hmm. a house and like had means to like buy shit and stuff and like getting really into anime like again like sort of like a mm-hmm. second wave mm-hmm. of interest and that was around the time that standalone complex yep. hit this is coming out, and there were like two phrases from anime that like really hit me, and one was "You are not alone." I just was so taken with the idea of it's everything Evangelion is, right? If it's like it's the statement "You are alone," mm-hmm. but then in parentheses there's not, so it's mm-hmm. like you know it's like kind of it's like kind of depressing, but then it's also like really not depressing, and it almost like is a visualization of like instrumentality happening. Well, and it, and, it, and it sort of suggests it as an either-or proposition, like as a, as a so kind of like as an optional right. thing of like... Right, well, how, which do you prefer? Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is, the, it is like, the summation of everything. That yeah, it's it, the like, verbiage, like it's it's a sentence that encapsulates Shinji at the end of End of Evangelion, mm-hmm. right? It is, it is, you are alone, 
or you're one with everything mm-hmm. and you do have this kind of choice. You know, or you're choking Asuka on a beach with uh, <laughs> right. blood red water but lapping so, so up there, the... So there was the phrase, you are not alone. And then in Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, there's this whole bit where, I mean, I, I'm like itching. Like, I just kind of almost want to do like a Ghost in the Shell podcast and just cover like every fucking thing from that franchise because there's so much and most and of it's good. It, that's actually probably not a bad idea because uh, you've seen. Awesome. I've honestly, I've seen the first two films. Basically, I haven't even seen the second one. Uh, that's I mean, I've seen less than. I mean, I've seen some episodes of the show. I've never seen the show. Uh, I ooh, saw the Scarlett ooh. Johansson movie. Yeah, in the theater <laughs> and on mini airplanes. Oh, boy. <laughs> you still have my uh, manga. I gave it back to you. I thought. Oh, I think fuck. I gave it back to you. You. I Man, think that I did. Would be, that would be something to try and pick through is that manga. But but in that there's a whole thing not to not yeah, to get too ghost in the shell. But there's a whole like there's shorts at the end called <laughs> Tachikoma Tachi Days. Yes. Which are these little shorts with the Tachikoma tanks. And there's this whole thing of like a light switch that says reset the world on it. And at one point the Tachikoma hits the switch and like everything goes dark and like that's the end of the episode. <laughs> So the phrase reset the world and I wrote it on my light switch in my home theater because mm-hmm. I loved it so much. So the phrase reset the world from standalone complex and then you are not alone here. Like those were like just two turns of phrase that were well, like, and, really near and dear to me. And you've provided a beautiful segue because we're going to, I mean, I don't want to turn this into some sort of like, you know, eternal recurrence, truth or Evangelion. <laughs> just because you're conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I am partial to that kind of thinking. And, you know, just so anybody, I'm not like, you know, into the stupid shit that's out there now these days. But like, you know, I do get attracted to theories and kind of just like looking for things. And I mean, Kevin has paused the movie. The I mean, it's the opening shot of the movie. It is the opening frame of the movie. Opening frame of the movie, it does appear to be... Literally a shot from End of Evangelion. Well, it's like the denouement. It's yeah. like it's it's yeah. After essentially Shinji goes through the entire process, mm-hmm. you know he's one more final. Exactly, one more final. Which yeah. which to be devil's advocate, mm-hmm. please by all means doesn't have to be literal. No, it doesn't I mean because obviously it doesn't literally hold up to be like okay, well he was choking Asuka on that beach. What did like all the buildings sprout up after that? Did everybody walk out and then he forgot about Choganowska on the beach? Like, was he? Bo- mm. He's not. He can't be born. It doesn't pick up immediately afterwards. That's true. So how did we get from the two of them on the beach to the cities are built and nobody has any memory? He doesn't remember Asuka. Asuka's not here. Yeah, something you know. must have happened in between that moment. So we can't. This, right? We can't look at it as this is mere moments after. I agree with you. This there. isn't you know uh, Quantum of Solace picking up after the final shot of but, but, <laughs> Casino yeah. Royale. Well, but at the same at the same time though, that's like it's like I do I mean, I think we we covered this on Yeah. No, on I'm, the, I'm just uh, I'm just saying it might be more of a confluence and like like a a image that resonates that as George Lucas would say it rhymes. Yes. It's like, "Oh, we're going to pick up the new series of movies with an image that calls to mind the end of the last movies and that could be just Evoking this thing without it being a literal, and and like yeah. and we said in in but like we did talk about valuable. in in the end of Evangelion stuff. I believe we did discuss the three of us like what does the re what does it look like if it does start it like what you know and I think I mean, maybe even ask a question like does Shinji get born again mm-hmm. or again does it does he does it just begin where the narrative begins and and it's like I don't think that this proves or disproves anything because in the previous episode where we you know freeze framed the the Kaoru stuff uh it certainly 
if you're following with the recurrence thing, it certainly implies that there were multiple iterations. And that again, in the 12 years or whatever, you know, in between Indie of Evangelion and in 1.1, when, you know, you were not alone is like that. There could have been, if this is the cosmology of the universe in this, there could have been other cycles in between. Yeah. Fair enough. And, and so it's like, it's Fair like, I do, I, but I think it's probably worth it. Cause you know, we're going to, we're going to get you more detailed now to talk about this opening and all this stuff that how, Kevin, you were pointing out. How old is Shinji? 14. And this came out twelve years after. Oh, you're looking for like a like a I don't Twin know. Peaks kind I, a of little thing bit, like, yeah. Like, well, Fourteen Peaks years later, exactly. mm-hmm. it's happening again. Which is like you know, I mean, I, it, like I mean, Luke hasn't seen the Twin Peaks: The Return, so I'm not going to say anything about that. But I've said it on this podcast before that in some ways, there there there's a lot of things that I find interestingly similar. Not to say that the two things. I don't know that they would have had any influence on each other, but I do feel similarly like looking at this stuff and I think about... Other than we have established that Twin Peaks was huge in Japan. Yes, and so it's very possible, but it's also, you know, I mean, Anno's fairly upfront with a lot of his influences in stuff. Again, he doesn't talk about influences in a lot of the stuff that I've... But it's like... Uh, but it's like, other than wanting to bag on the, the stagnant state of anime in Japan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he wears his influences on his sleeve in terms of, like, you're always picking out, like, Ultraman references. That's true. No, There's yeah, yeah, yeah. always a Kubrick reference. It's like the things that are, that are like, the pinnacle benchmark things But it's typically Japanese pop culture yeah. for him. It's James Cameron well, and Stanley Kubrick are the two most obvious... American. Yeah, we talked about well, how how uh, Arthur C. Clarke was mm-hmm. was an influence, and then obviously Harlan Ellison mm-hmm. uh, references and titles. So yeah, maybe right. Yeah, but it just it just makes me think about it. But it, again, in, in terms of like jumping right back to the beginning of this thing and going that like part of you know if you're if you just watched it or, or whatever, or if you haven't watched it yet, or if you're gonna watch it again, it, like looking at the details in these opening shots because they're similar types of shots that we've seen in Evangelion before, which I actually think is another Cooper reference. This is a uh, these these like the tanks and stuff like the whole ending of the thing being sort of like the Doctor Strange love mm-hmm. ending of Doctor Strange love, and that like we're sort of seeing similar shots except for the context of these things are all different because the ocean looks like the Antarctica, you know. Well, Post second impact thing. Kevin was pointing out the stuff with the ships. What? Yeah, talk about that, Kevin. Right. So, I mean, as we kind of just scroll through these images, which are essentially, I mean, yeah, that's it. That's it's so funny because like the first three shots are essentially the same first three shots of the show from the the pilot episode, but the sea is red, and now it kind of we see like Tokyo three in complete disarray in a way that we haven't seen before. Like things are like totally turned up. There's these subway cars that are turned upside down and there's like a, like a vessel. There's like a ship. Oh, well, here's that fucking shot. Here's <laughs> that fucking shot. This is so wild. It's like wild. a giant Gumby shape. Yeah. Chalk outline. Yeah. Like the, it's like the, 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 the neck and head area, what would be are almost the same dimensions as the arms, just a little bit shorter. Like it doesn't have like, it's, it's like a, a crucifix pose. Yeah. Like, Right. Yeah, it's it this... calls to mind the chalk outline that they put around where is it where Ava Unit One lands on the hill? Yeah, and that one battle you see it in the show. There's a giant chalk outline yeah. of, of one of the Ava Unit, but, it's but like... it has like the big pauldrons on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But this is like, I mean, but like, what the fuck am I even looking at here? This is like buildings that almost look like they've been like turned to ash or something, and there's just like like wreckage of them in like the most like chaotic. You know, this looks like a. I don't know, like um, like Garden of Earthly like, Delights or something. Like, like blur a, like your eyes. Weird... Yeah, <laughs> right. no, it's like the Fortress of Solitude, but there it's not crystal. It's like all buildings and yeah, stuff like that. Skyscrapers, exactly. 
Um, I mean, you could you the assumption would be that this is second impact destruction. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's been fourteen years since second impact. They ain't cleaned this up yet, but they have this. They built this city that like on rock and roll. They built this city <laughs> that retracts into the ground. You know, like, but they so didn't th- clean this. But up? they didn't bother to clean up this shit. Like, I mean, is this maybe Tokyo two? I mean, that would that of, would within the story that the would actually make more sense. Remains of Tokyo two that have been abandoned. That's a good point. From Second Impact, and they left because this to we've ruin. never seen aspects of Tokyo two before in I, in the series. Don't think they've. They, I think they might reference having moved the capital from. They there. they have done that. And they moved it. We talked about how they moved it here because the Geo Front was there, and they were preparing preparing this based on the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, and, and to be fair, there's a lot of like wrecked buildings and shit. I mean, like you know, like the like where they find Oscar, yeah. the bathtub and stuff. Like it's not to say that like the world of the Evangelion TV no. show doesn't doesn't but isn't ripe with boat, this type of the boat, boat, yeah. destruction. Calls to mind. The End boat. of Evangelion. Right. With, yeah. yeah. I mean, because Asuka th- throws that ocean, that, that tanker shit. There it is. Yeah, there's right literally there. like yeah. an ocean liner on the street in the background of this shot yeah. where we see Misato's car come in, uh, uh, her blue car, not her red car. Her blue car. car. <laughs> yes. But like, but she's it's got like, GPS yeah, she's, now. yeah. And, and there's like, so, so throughout there's like updated technology to make it contemporary. The students have but laptops. But Asuka throwing that shit around inside the geofront? Yes. Not above ground because she comes that's out of the point. lake that's in the actually, geo front. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, but like I don't even know. I mean, but you can see. You can there's see another a one. Vertical like ocean liner in the background of the city. But because, I guess you know tidal waves and you know that because this isn't tsunami. This is not the destruction of the first angel that that. That come that no because no. he just shows he up. he just showed up yeah, yeah. that's you actually see it's, in the, se- in like it's the, second impact stuff is what we're supposed is what to it was yeah is what it, right. and that's and it it makes it confusing because like on one hand like we talked we referenced before that the overall theme of this in terms of like how is it different in addition to the obviously the narrative like truncating of the narrative and and, and all that stuff is that like you know we were saying that the the sort of design and detail level is just enhanced throughout. So mm-hmm. if you just, if, if, if we had Anno here and we asked him about it and he's just like, oh yeah, this is just like all like expensive things to, you know, time. He would to, be disgusted. If that we it's were like, okay, right yeah, this is just what we didn't, we couldn't show you this the first time we did it. So we're just giving you a better sense of, 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 of uh, exposition here because we're not going to do as much of it. So we want to see that like, oh, this world is like, you know, been destroyed. Right. We, we don't, we don't have the teacher uh, yes. droning on about the state of the, which was how book. they kind of got that stuff out. But before there's, there's cars that are turned vertically up. Yes. Like, so does it it's just very... stay that way for yeah, they just Yeah, they years? literally, I mean, there's subway, tra- subway train cars is... that are turned up. Like, I like... will say it is very interesting. And this would have been before, uh, but the Fukushima, stuff of you know people are starting to move back there now but the, it was just abandoned because of the nuclear That's true. you know sort of situation and and I've seen documentaries and stuff where they go back into Fukushima and there there is just here's a car that somebody abandoned and it is just there now it's not like vertical but it like it is kind of creepy and weird and it's definitely making me think about that mm-hmm. um how yeah, I mean, they Chern- Chernobyl like, was a thing that had happened i mean sure. that's it's like the same kind of vibe so it's not like this is like yeah, like unprecedented or, or or without reference in the real world, but it is jarring when you're in looking Japan. for the connections and the fact that it starts with the shot and everything, and it's just you know I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was this type of destruction 
uh, did this type of destruction happen above ground in, in NW Evangelion, though, as well? Like, because the Geofront, yes. Because well, everybody yes, turns the N2 into mines, LCL. Yeah, yeah, but, but no, even before that, though, like in terms of... Yeah, they blast their way into the Geofront. Uh-huh, yeah. which would have caused similar mm-hmm. type destruction. And really before that... Um, yeah, because when Ray sacrifices herself, like the bathtub that Asuka's in and stuff, it isn't second impact stuff. That's Tokyo 3 after right. Ray takes the missile and yes. blows up or, or self-destructs herself to the Armasail, the DNA helix angel. Mm-hmm. And, the ge- and the geofront is well in in play here, though it's it's not destroyed at the beginning. No, at it's all. in fact it's like, I think one of that's one of the other big things is is the, in this in this movie they, they like this whole sequence of Masato picking up Shinji and then going into the thing. They 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 seems to me that they make a lot more effort yes. to to and I, I I I credit that to probably just the nature of like you know you start animating or you know designing for the first episode and then you know as you find new locations and new uh-huh. things you design more stuff as needed for the thing and that now when they make the movie they kind of know what roughly this is all supposed to be like and so they're showing right. more of the path to get in there it's and much how difficult clearer, it is yeah like the trolley car that like yeah. the elevator that they take to get mm-hmm. down into the geofront uh misato and shinji is pretty cool looking and they're like yep on these rattling like racks and like in the, the, the sound, like there's like she's like talking in like the echoey space, which is like, yeah, we'll get there when we find it and stuff. And it's like, so they 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 start they're starting with a more textured look at the world as a whole, and I do credit that to just second pass, like right. I mean, I remember like I don't know how many times I watched the show before I even realized that the geofront was underground. Oh, no, like, was exactly what was going on. It wasn't terribly clear, no, uh, especially at that age and in everything. But there is there's a really good shot of the movie at one point where you can see how the light works because you'll see the shot of the pyramid base in the geofront it's like wait it looks like it's daytime like how is there a sky and it's like it's all this like light refraction technology and stuff that they have that they do kind of show you and talk about but it's much clearer here that there is sort of like an artificial mm-hmm. sky with mm-hmm. like a, with artificial like light you can you can see it much clearer and understand a little bit more it's, it's still not super clear no but. i mean for the first like 10 times i've ever saw like that pilot episode like Shinji's like, wow, it's a real geofront. And I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, a yeah, geofront? Yeah. Like, yeah. As though that was something we all were dying to <laughs> and, see. And, you know, it's it, it for at least for me, like I hadn't seen a ton of anime yet. You know, even just watching a bunch of subtitled films, I hadn't really. There's so much information overload happening already. It's genre shorthand that doesn't right. really work for us. So like geofront, okay. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It's like a military thing. Like there's a lot you're yeah you're just kind of well, yeah, rolling and the, with and that's why this, this movie in particular I am so curious about people people's ability to even because as as a re you know revised version of a thing we all know it's very easy to sort of pick up on this stuff but like mm-hmm. if this is your first time I, I wonder if this is an easier in or if it's way harder to follow than the, than the show you know I'm not really sure honestly yeah, I don't know there's no way for us to you know, wipe our memories and, and have it again. But I, I find it fascinating to I think about like it. It's probably slightly more difficult, I would think. Uh-huh. That's kind of my instinct. But because we, when we were watching it, the show, the first, like the, the, for this, for this podcast before I was really impressed, you know, with, with the slow drip of kind of world building. It's and a exposition. slow drip. And the other thing is, and I've noticed this <laughs> as I was reading these novels, <laughs> it is, so much of Evangelion and what makes it Evangelion is that it is a monster of the week kind of show mm-hmm. in that 
every episode we fight him again and it's but it's slightly different because this one operates in a different way and we're talking about different things it's it's weird in a movie or a novel it's like it almost doesn't translate exactly because so much of it is you're you're able to to like you said like well the pilot of a show usually does start quickly mm-hmm. the the rate at which stuff happens like because it's a show i don't know your your brain is sort of making it bite size in a way that a movie kind of doesn't Mm-hmm. And so I do think the episodic nature and like feeling a little bit behind it, it's, it's more acceptable when it's a TV show that's episodic as opposed to when you're trying to watch a 90 minute movie, you mm-hmm. know, um, because, because if I just no take, breaks. if I take like Pacific Rim or Transformers mm-hmm. as the reference point for what the way Hollywood tells a story, quote unquote, like this, I mean, I'm not saying that those are but like, you know, it's like those things really take their time. To, to make sure you kind of mm-hmm. understand what the stakes are personally for the characters and like what the world is like and how this, you know, turns, you know, changes things for them. Like what this, what it was like now, what it is like the history. Right. With it. And it's like, they, this is just, I mean, there's a security blanket of knowing that it's, they were going to find a different monster each time, Yeah, you know? And so you could do all the other weird shit. Yeah. It's just, yeah, this is such a different kind of storytelling, but God, I would love to see a Hollywood movie that moved at this pace. It's such a cool. Definitely, it's, such a, it's 100 minutes long too for something. That's well, like, you know, I mean, you will, you would, and you wouldn't because you know, Rise of Skywalker does kind of move in the space. I liked that one. <laughs> no, and I like it too. But it does. I mean, it is like holy shit. Like we're just like yes. going through entire movies in like 15 minute bites. Um, but yeah, at some point, I it, like I. I mean, we can talk about it now a little bit if you want. But like, like in terms of just thinking of of this movie in comparison to other things where, uh, you know, a well-known thing got re reintroduced, mm-hmm. you know, it, like in a, in a new form and, and how successful or unsuccessful those kind of things typically are compared to this, you know, like, I, I don't know. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of different, I mean, obviously Star Wars is a really, you know, strong reference point, but like, you know, like the, like the Simpsons movie, I always I hated, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like things that you were excited about at one point, And then when they finally got there, they kind of sucked and stuff. And I, I don't know. I mean, this is, I mean, Twin Peaks was good. This, but I think this is really cool for that. Like in comparison to those things, I think this is like, the more we're looking at it, the more I find this to be a very interesting way to, to approach that. Even if like mm-hmm. we're saying, maybe, it, maybe it is still not fully successful in terms of being like, a really easy entry point to a new audience, you know, but again, kid, you know, whatever. Yeah. obviously it worked. I mean, it's maintained. It did, it did its well. It, it was number one the first week. I think it ended up making the equivalent of 18 million in its theatrical one, which is good for yeah. Japan, which is, you know, a much smaller country than the States. Uh, so they're like, you know, the number of people flocking yeah. to the theater, uh, it's yeah. the old Nerve logo on that book. That yeah, and it's also on the wall mm-hmm. later. So they have the old logo around for sure, but then there's also the busy new one. Hmm. Which is like, I don't even know how that, I mean, like, I don't even, like, fitting that into the whole thing, I don't even know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my kind of my kind of general feeling about this sort of notion of this being the recurring narrative, the cyclical narrative thing is that it's a little bit like, you know, if, if anybody else is old enough and nerdy enough to have, like, spent a lot of time dubbing cassette tape mixes when they were younger. <laughs> and you would sort of, like, there's the, tapes? Yeah, well, it's like you, you you know, you, you oh, I got this old tape. I'll just put the tapes, you know, the, over the holes at the top and I can re-record over it. Yeah. But if you, analog technology like that, it's not, it doesn't, 
you know, at a certain point, it stops like you get the being, ghost to the ghost. Yeah, you get the them. ghost sounds of the other things, and so the, in my my feeling in general, if I'm gonna take this position that this is what this is, is that some of the stuff we're pointing out is kind of like the tape noise of the previous versions. That it's like some elements or things kind of get stuck in the recurrence or, you know... Or just it, things, yeah, want, want to happen. I mean, it's the, the 11-22-63 novel, yeah. the Stephen King novel. Like, the time time does have a shape, and you can, you can bend it, but it does want to snap back. Yeah, it, yeah. It has a shape it wants to go. And I think I think that's how I it's how I'm choosing right now to sort of look at this because again I'm not saying definitively. And if you know Kaoru knows what's up, what is what does Zele know? What is in the Dead Sea Scrolls and who wrote them? There is a path clearly that is supposed to happen that is an endpoint for humanity. So somebody's guiding it. You know, everybody's following these. They call them scenarios, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in Japanese. You hear them say, like, scenario. Uh, but everybody's plans, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. who, who the, what's in the Dead Sea Scrolls is kind of like what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So, you know, the logo's in there. Is that, you know, obviously the how to build the Evangelions and the Lance and, like, all the shit is, is written down. And does it survive from cycle to cycle? Are these artifacts consistent throughout? Mm-hmm. Man, I wish the real Dead Sea Scrolls had all that shit in them. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe they do. Uh, yeah, what do we want to... I mean, the, the story is largely the same. Um, I don't think there's huge... We didn't talk about the, the number of the angels. That's different. Yeah, what the... How do you, how do you take that? Explain that, Luke. Yeah, because in the show, the Sachiel is the first angel here with the, uh-huh. with the beak, uh, is the third angel... Now in this movie he's designated as the fourth angel. All the subsequent angels are, yeah, one up. So so what is what if if uh, I'm taking that to be that humanity is the third angel. So you have because they they say definitively that Lilith is the second angel. They don't pull any of that bullshit like they did in the show of like it's actually Adam. Oh gonna, no, wait, yeah. it's Lilith, which yeah. we had to like be careful of when we were going through the show. And that you see Lilith so soon. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't see Lilith. Like, like Kaji showed Misato There's like 18 Lilith, episodes into it or like something. Like, 18, yeah, something something like that. And then, but it's introduced as Adam. Mm-hmm. And then you find out it's Lilith like in, ep- in episode 24. Yeah. Now, here right off the bat, we get it. Misato shows Shinji, and she says it's the second angel. So if Adam, we don't know about Adam yet, but presumably Adam is the first, Lilith is the second if humanity is then the third angel, then Sachiel's the fourth. But we don't know. We no. haven't been told what the well, third did, angel is. Did they? I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly how they phrased it. Did they? Did they use the expression "humanity"? Is like we, we talked about. Like that is a thing that they do eventually get to in the show that humanity is seen as like a, a, yeah, one of the they're alternate. almost like the 18th angels or something yeah so there is the, so that's so that i mean that, that being a guess is not without precedent but but they also say at the top of this movie when the angels show up they're the ones that ate from the tree of life and they're against us who ate from the tree of wisdom or the fruit of wisdom which is a reference to the two trees in the yeah i'm trying to think of i'm trying to like square that in my mind what the fuck that even I mean that was a little bit of a thing in the show too, but well, they also call they also call really early on here they refer to the Evangelians as synthetic humans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, so there's and, a lot more front loading of sort of the bigger mysteries and reveals. Yeah, and, and the human, in the, the human like traits of their physical bodies are 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 more on display early on, like the hand. And I think there's a shot where you can see a neck, which I thought was really strange. Hmm. And I pointed that out, but we didn't really like. Uh... Hmm. On unit one. Yeah. Hmm. Like like towards the end when they're bringing it back up, like there's a shot like a lower angle shot where it's almost like it seems like you can see like you know like what would be like human like flesh. On a neck. I, maybe I miss saw mm. it. I mean, it's not like an idiot if we get to it and it's not there. Did you see it, Kevin? Yes. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about all this shit. The. Uh, I'm. I'm just curious. Is. Is it more likely that humanity's the third angel and not like Ava Unit O One? Oh, maybe. I. I'm just. Yeah. I'm totally. Often. Or Kauru here. No, Kauru is already. Uh, yeah, he could be the third angel. Hmm. Well, because Sailor knows about him. I mean, they're the ones talking to him. Yeah. What yeah. Number, uh, what, okay. Yeah. Because like, do they know? I mean, they know what he is ostensibly. I mean, I, I like, I can't. Sure. But, but if Sele knows that he's a third angel, then but Nerve, I mean, Nerve classifies Satchio as the fourth angel, so that means Nerve needs to know about. Yeah. But, but unless they just know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, or they have they fought an angel before? No, or that is this some like sort of reoccurrence? Is this maybe the first angel was thing? that fucking chalk outline, and there was a third uh-huh. angel that they fought, uh-huh. and, they, and it's addressing my concern from before. Well, and I don't know the, why they, they would killed somehow. Show you that, yeah, without even Gellion. without an even Gellion. Yeah, good point. Maybe. Very mysterious. I, I, and I don't think I don't want to spoil the other movies, but I don't think the other movies explain the no. numbering being off yet. I think we still don't know why. It's the fourth angel, not the third, or who or what the third angel is. I mean, it's like I, I suppose if if you were to take the, the approach that there had been one that we're not seeing, it would explain why the military guys are at the nerve headquarters, like you know, ordering the into mines and shit like that, and why there was any expectation. But they that like it would tell work. Gendo, they're like, "We don't need you. Look, yeah. we don't need you." And then it's like, yeah. "All right, no, you, this is your, this was your nerves control. clearly their first time to shine." But that's what I'm saying is like, if the military, he's like, "This is why nerve exists." Took out the other one somehow, right. which I just have a hard time believing <laughs> because we just see that their weapons. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite lines in this that that I don't. One of you guys can tell me if you remember it from the show. I don't remember it from the show, but it could have been in there. It would be very easy for it to be. Is early on here when the military is still like you know doing all their stuff, and like Masato kind of like sort of dismissively says like you know, what does she say? Like somebody needed those bullets to be fired. It, like a kind of like a military oh, yeah. industrial. There's people that, that whose lives like rely on those bullets being fired or something like that. It's mm-hmm. to me, it's like, sort of said like I was immediately having kind of like a rack war flashbacks of like Halliburton and all that stuff that like you know the the sort of war profiteering that that comes from like the kind of uh, 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 you know capitalistic structures of the world that we do live in. Yeah, no, like that's... I mean, that's who, fucking we need cool. war to fund the machine like, of war yes. because that is a that's massive a, That's a huge industry. part, speaking of Ghost in the Shell, yeah. of the, the new Ghost in the Shell anime series that's on Netflix. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a sequel to Standalone Complex. I mean, it's like weird computer animation. But there's a, a huge part of that plot has to do with the entire economy is now kind of pretty much based on war and reliant on war. So all the countries are just at war all the time just to keep the economy alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is which is a, you know, a critique that Japan, I think, or you know, people in Japan or whatever can make very 
I don't know how much they actually contribute to the reality of that, whereas that mm-hmm. is entirely mm-hmm. our country's thing. And sure. I do think that that's, that's built in there as a little bit of a thing of like, yeah, these guys are justifying their jobs. Like they're getting there and firing all these things. Well, especially so in this world where half the population things. is gone and yeah. nobody, you know, I'm sure jobs are scarce in some way. And so like, yeah, like Nerv and the UN and all that stuff are, and everybody who lives in Tokyo 3 is part of Nerv. Like that's, Mm-hmm. that's the deal. And let's say all the, all the kids in the class are potential pilots and stuff. So, because I was wondering like, wait, are these people prepared for the buildings? Did they know the buildings are going to sink down? <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, they're all part of this yeah. system, you know, this, this complex, like this, you know, they're constantly being evacuated. <laughs> I do want to point out as we sort of have the, the movie on and like trying, remembering things that seemed noteworthy at the time. I don't think it is the, this way in the show, but Misato tells Shinji, you mustn't run away before it becomes his mantra. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, that's right. I think it's kind of cool. I don't think it's his way in the show, but it seems like in the movie, he gets it from her. Like it's something she says to him, like, Hey, you mustn't run away. You got to blah, blah, blah. And then shit happens. And then he tells himself that. I mean, if you're a 14 year old impressionable kid with sure. father issues and you have this babe <laughs> standing you, before you telling you something, gives you a mantra. Yeah, you take it. You hold on oh, to that yeah. thing. Sure. You know I what thought... they did? What they did neglect to include in this movie are those Godard kind of flash cuts of text, like filling the frame mm. during yeah, the sequence. Yeah, there isn't any of that. Well, so that far. that that ran its course, I think, in the series quite quickly too. That was only in the that's, pilot. That's true. Well, they know they end up doing a lot of that with the mental space stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like a little thing that then they. they oh, made I guess you're right. They the, do. The yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't remember whether there's really any of that in the movie. They also ditch the voiceover. Like, Misato says out loud, like, oh, there's payments on my car and blah, blah, blah. And it's not the weird, like, oh, comedic yeah. voiceover in her head <laughs> that she gets. Yeah, that is interesting. But they, but they do, what they do establish visually here is the train car at sunset, which is not a motif that's used in the show until after he's subsumed right. in Leliel. And has that interaction with his like child self that is the voice of the angel. Yeah. And sort of like that breaks open for him. It's like that's that that brain space is established for Shinji in, in interfacing with the angel and then recurs throughout the show. But here we see it used as a motif early on. Which I took to be cause you asked mm-hmm. when we watched it, like, did he just dream that? Yeah, because he has the dream where they where it's his parents talking about mm-hmm. what they're going to name him before he's right. born, and it's like that's an interesting thing and for someone to dream. There. Oh, but they say they that that brings up a question though that I had about that. Okay, well, because she's like you hear her his mom, yeah. quote unquote, saying like Shinji Ray, Shinji Ikari Ray Ayanami, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'm just curious about because. Wait, 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 I, it's, a, it's another well, one of these things that was a big reveal that they just decided mm-hmm. to kind of lace into the dialogue in a way that they don't, they don't, you know, there's not a definitive, no one's pounding the table and being like, what? You mean that Ray is kind well, of like really, daughter? They really never really do a shoe drop moment for that in the show either. Like you just kind of are left to, at a certain point you figure it yeah, out. Yeah. And she's you like saying together. the same things mm-hmm. and stuff, but they don't ever be like, oh, she's a clone of Yui and that's the deal. But, but yeah, but that, that, that is like the most clear and again, it's like it it's seems to be a dream here. he's having, which is like. Well, I say my interpretation is, is I mean, he just interfaced with the Evangelion for the first time. Mm-hmm, so if exactly. Yui is still in the Evangelion, yep. then yeah, he would be dreaming of things that Yui had said and thought in relationship to him. 
And so it just instead of that being established as a as a brain space with the angel, it's just I think a side effect of him with the Evangelion, which is his mother. He's you know conversing, communing with the spirit of his mother through this. Well, thing. I would then ask a question to say if if we're uh, maybe going with the idea that Kaoru exists outside of the recurrence in a certain kind of way, <laughs> uh-huh. and therefore can remember previous iterations. I would then ask the question of what are the likelihood, what's the likelihood that, like, say, even even Unit One is can also remember? It's like it's yeah. I mean, it's like like if 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 we know that at least one character mm-hmm. who's not exactly human seems to not forget and then have to do everything again, it's like right. Do the other not human characters potentially have a similar thing? And could you know could it be that like Right. Well, I mean, here's you the know, thing. One like, is communicating with him more directly. Everybody, sooner. everybody gets turned into LCL, and everything, but not Yui. Yui and you know, one just fly off into space yep. forever. So I don't know that she would come back in a recurrence. You know, she fucking leaves. <laughs> What's Yui's last name? Uh, Ikari. And Gendo's last name? Rokabungi. Where's Ayanami come from then? I was gonna ask that too. I That's had that what, thought while we were watching. Like, why do they? Where did they pick that last name from? And it's why it's weird that, that she says that it. she says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was my one question. Yeah, who came up with the name Ayanami? Yeah, because because for a second I thought that Ayanami was like her maiden name, but you're right. That's the whole fucking no, thing. Yeah, is that he, he changes his mm-hmm. name to her name, uh-huh. which is Akari. So she was always Yui Akari. Oh, that's so funny. By the way, that's it's just that that I um. In, in the time between uh, the pre- first season of, of this podcast, uh, we've watched a lot of things. But Kevin and I watched the Netflix original uh, 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 German language, German production uh, TV show, Dark. Mm-hmm. And, and there, yeah. there's that, that reminded me there's a character in Dark who the similar thing that like takes his wife's maiden name uh, because yeah, of a different thing. That's another and show and I, I would say, you know, on the list of, you know, uh, things that I like to point out is like... Um, yeah, the people that made Dark have definitely seen Evangelion, mm-hmm. like a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know anything about them. I've never read a single interview or anything. I don't know. I just one hundred percent. You agree with me, Kevin? Like, I do. Yeah, absolutely. So of the things I, you know, I, I swear that uh, you know, just Sam Ismail, too many hot springs penguins for it to be a coincidence. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shows lousy with hot springs. There's that There's fucking that graphic. Weird yeah, you look at that symbol. I. Never yeah, really looked back at that closely. Yeah, like, like, uh, the back of the Sele like monolith things have like it's like someone tagged them up. Like there's like a bunch Some of Illuminati shit on tag. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's like I really. It's it's really. Yeah, they talk about annihilating the angels as part of our covenant with Lilith. Sele, Sele. Yeah. All the language that the Sele like scenes and stuff is like it's 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 not like it's new stuff, but it all has a different flavor that makes it seem like. Mm-hmm. Definitive in a way that I don't. I also like that you don't see the committee. You, you don't see that. No, only see the monolith, right. which to me always was like cooler. Yes, yes. and I preferred it when it was 100%. the monolith and it was scarier. I, I liked when the monoliths had the scary voices. They didn't yes. always. Sometimes they had the voices <laughs> yeah, right. from the guys, and it was not <laughs> as intimidating. <laughs> yeah, the I have the long nose, so I sound like a bird. Snarf. <laughs> Right? It's like yes. a surf one. Yeah, it's like a, the Skeksis or something. Like, <laughs> oh, no! Wait, 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 wait. Mm. Let's, yeah, let's all do our different Frank Oz voices. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
Kevin's you were. I'm sorry. She says something. something really interesting here. They're traversing through like you know the blood red seas and like the total annihilation of the city from the fight with the from the fight. fourth angel. Yeah, yeah. The disintegration of the angel after it lost its AT field is beyond anything we anticipated. Truly, the, the bloody, bloody pool, pool of hell. hell. This is Maya. It sort of reminds me of Second Impact. See, yeah. Mm. Because these angels mm. all explode into blood. There's a couple of like new mm-hmm. things that are consistent among the angels. Is that they, they tend to have halos. I think at one point, when, when Satchel flies, he has like a little halo appear above his head. Uh, Shamshal mm-hmm. has a halo when it like rears up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ramiel has one at one point when it's like firing or doing something. There's like a little round, glowy like halo that appears. And, and then it, when they die, they explode into blood and there's a rainbow from the rain of their mm-hmm. blood down. And that's consistent throughout all the angels mm-hmm. carrying on. And that's not something from the from the previous iteration. And they also have that new, that like speaking of just like, you know, religious iconography, they have the... Um, the cross kind of plug in Unit OO, mm-hmm. which I don't believe it was there. You don't see it as prominent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like sort of plug where the entry plug was. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Filled up with something. I feel like this is it was like I lived. You know, God bless anyone who can listen to all this and you know. I mean, <laughs> but like. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I I find like because we talked about the it's the same voice cast, mm-hmm. so literally the voice mm-hmm. actors doing it again. I do feel like I mean the funny thing about voice acting like you know with something like The Simpsons or you know these kind of things where they go on for so long, it's like actors do age mm-hmm. and like your voice is going to change and like you know sometimes the people try to compensate for that sometimes they don't. Um, but I I feel like both in the drawing potentially and then potentially in the voice acting, which could be a directing thing and an acting thing. I feel like both Masato and Gendo seem a little bit like one degree different. I think Masato seems a little bit more mature in a way, mm. even though the way she's drawn, she looks more like a, like a woman and less like a younger, I mean, uh-huh. I think she's supposed to be the same. She's supposed to be like yeah, 27 or 29. 28 or something like that. But it's like, there's something about her overall bearing that has a slight touch of maturity that she doesn't have at the beginning of the show. Mm. So even though it's the same events, there's some slightly different flavor. And I felt like Gendo had a, a touch more emotion to him. He didn't seem, and maybe that's just because it's the condensed six episodes, so you just have to get him right. out of like robot mode. But there's just like even just when he's talking to Ray or something, there was like a touch of warmth to his voice that I thought was interesting and different. And again, it just becomes like, you know, even if you tried to do, literally do the same thing exactly the same, there's going to be some intonation or some inflection or some, oh, something. Oh sure, yeah, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. When when you watch those early Simpsons episodes, and it's like. You know, Come on, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Homer at all. Like, no, it's like yeah, it's like an evolution. And I haven't seen The Simpsons like a new episode in God knows how long. I tried to watch one and it was is miserable to me. But like, people have told me that it is like noticeable now that they're the, the, the voice actors are older. So yeah, but not not only that they're older, but like it just gets crazier because like yeah. the shorthand for the voice just becomes so wild. So like you know now Homer is very different. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even want to think about it. But, like, yeah, all that to say that, like, this is pretty damn similar. But I do feel like there's maybe mm-hmm. just, like, again, just a, it's a second draft. You know, they just get a chance to sort of go, well, yeah, maybe maybe he doesn't just sound like a robot all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, you know, I found like, an interesting sort of interview with uh, Megumi Hayashibara, uh, who does Ray, um, talking about it being weird to come back. God, I can't imagine. Um, I wonder if there's anything... 
I do want to, I mean, the big thing, the a big thing that we're going to talk about, and I don't want to jump the gun, but just while you're searching it, it's saying it, it's like the sound in this movie, the sounds in this movie, and particularly the sounds of the angels mm-hmm. is, I don't know, Kevin, what best Look, sounding this, this thing this show ever. is the fucking best and, yeah. and, and everything that goes along with it. You know, this, the sound design particularly rules. Um, and as one could expect, along with the visual design of this movie, by, by contrast to the show, uh, the sound has improved. Yeah. You know, it sounds fucking awesome. Well, they did a lot with a little before because the sounds have always been good. Yes. And I think that they would, they, you know, in, in the same way that we talk about how the visual style was dictated by limitations and stuff like that. Like, I do think to some degree they were like they were incentivized in this movie to, you know, go all out because why are you doing mm-hmm. it if you're not going to do that? So, so it's not even, I don't, I don't, at any point I'm not saying like, oh, this is superior or oh, I like it better. Cause I do like, yeah, there's, there's this, something, the simplicity of some of the angel. Yeah. Something analog about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know, the, yeah. It's like an analog versus digital thing. You know, you know like the, the blast of the thing and you oh. do hear it. There's like yeah. you know, like that one little sound of it of the of the the diamond one moving. Yeah. What's the like, what's the name of the diamond one? Romeo. Romeo. Yeah. yeah. Like Romeo had like a couple sounds. Yes. Thing, but this is like Romeo in this. I mean, we can just talk about how. Okay. We can just do what it. an MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's always an interesting one because it is just like it's the first one that doesn't look like an animal at all. Like yeah. it is just like what it's always my favorite. Yeah. What the fuck is this? It's just a shape. You know, and it's like, how do you like fight it and stuff? And and so I always liked it because it was different, but it is sort of like it's just so weird. And I don't know. In this one, it's so dynamic and strange and interesting. It's 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 the Boba Fett of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cool one that steals the show. And you yeah, know, Boba Wait, Fett, just uh, Boba the lame. D- I know. I, that's a joke because I don't particularly care for Boba Fett, but like the way that other people do. Romiel is my Boba Fett. That's okay. what I say. Okay. You know, all respect to my Boba Fett, Romiel. The but this is like Mandalorian or something, where it's like, well, we get to see something that looks like Romiel, like do a bunch of cool shit instead of just stand there. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, yeah, and it's also the point where I think we talked about this in the last episode, but like the the beginning is the beginning, and like you know, Satchel's pretty much the same, mm-hmm. yeah. and Shamshal is like a little bit cooler because he's got like some teeth. He looks like. Looks like a dick, but he's got like kind of like a vagina mouth, like underneath there. He looks there. like a face hugger. And then he's got like the bony, like, yep. like, like little spindly things too. So he's like, yeah, okay, he's got a little bit more going on. But then like Romil does so much cool shit. I mean, first of all, it's reflective, which it wasn't before. Right. Like, you see birds flying, like clouds and sky. Mm-hmm. And then all the sounds that it makes is, is much clearer here than it was in the show that the. Yes, is emanating from it, which it is, is not so good. Soundtrack. Yeah, they, yes. that it's it, they they kind of like didn't want to commit or something before, right. and in this it's like yeah, it screams and shit, and it's like the scream, the scream is yeah the best thing in the movie I think. Yeah, I'm with you. When Rami like, <laughs> right before it unblasts, so powerful. I will point out that scream is actually from Gunbuster Two. Is it really big alien things that she fights in the Gunbuster Two? Do that scream that came first. So oh, it is really? something that they established that's and figured cool. out in Gunbuster Two, and then brought over here. You're blowing what my a, mind. I mean, I what a curious thing, you know. I, and I think that just speaks to like the curiosity of the whole show. 
is that there's all these aspects, like even down to the sound design yeah. of this this angel creature, right? Um, that has this added affect to it that is, I don't know, it's confounding, it's fascinating, it's like it's sonically pleasing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like terrifying. It's so powerful mm-hmm. the way it builds and yeah, and then yeah, oh, there you can see nipples in the bathtub. There's a lot more nipples in the movie than there was on the show. Classic movie from TV. It's like when, when the James Bond movies went on Blu-ray and all of a sudden in the opening credits, which you were supposed to just oh. see fuzzy silhouettes of women, you can now see nipples, guys. I guess oh. that makes sense because it was like an optical thing. I mean, they were right, yeah. Like it a, wasn't like really supposed process. to be. It's like being able to see the wig line or the makeup, you know, or the, it, it's like, well, you weren't supposed to really be able to yeah. see it that clearly. Um, yes, but yeah, if you watch Gunbuster 2 again, you can really see a lot of... Okay, I know. They're getting ready to do... Wait, know, who directed rebuild. Gunbuster 2? Because of Yusuramaki. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah okay. It's, oh, so, it's something I want to say. This is an idea I had while while we were watching the movie that I, I... like While we're talking about the sounds and stuff. Because it's like looking at this in like... Again, I keep putting it in context to like the stuff that's like more immediately familiar in American pop culture. And, and I mean, look, I, I, I no shade to the, the Transformers movies on a technical level. I do think that like the sound design of the Transformers is like, you know, they always win Oscars for it. It's super impressive. I mean, it's a bunch of sounds, but yeah, it sounds like a bunch of like cars getting tuned up and stereos getting tested and shit like that. Sure. But like, I, I would say, and I don't know what film schools like these days, but I remember when, when we were in film school, and I don't know if you had to do this or not, Kevin, but in I had to take a sound design class. It was like one of the requirement classes. And the uh, one of the assignments was you'd, you'd like pick like a five-minute clip from a movie, mm-hmm. and you'd basically just have to like remove the audio track and just build your own, like to show that you can do right. sound design, like build your own sound you know, to a thing. Mm-hmm. So if anybody out there um, is in is studying sound design or is in a film school program where you have to take a sound design class, and if anybody wants to do something really fucking cool, I would say uh, a really cool exercise would be to take a clip from a Transformers movie, like a Michael Bay <laughs> Transformers movie, and try to make it sound like it's this movie. Like, I Very honestly, unique. like, if anybody just, like, this is just a free little, like, exercise for your craft, honing your craft, like, Basically, try to make Optimus Prime or Megatron or whoever the fuck sound like Romuel in this. And if you do that and it's cool, like, please send it to us. I would love, I just would love to see it. And I, but I actually think that, like, if you're studying that stuff, that's a really cool exercise. So if anybody does that, send it to us. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll, I'll post it on Twitter or whatever. Good but, idea. Right? You know, like, that mm-hmm. would be so sick to see. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, seeing people do that. Like, our, our friend uh, 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 Marcos did, was in my class and he did, like, a, like, a scene from Alien. And it was like so cool to just see, like, oh yeah, what if all those sounds were different? It's like a neat thing to do, mm-hmm. but oh, that especially with this, like, because it's like a similar kind of thing, but like we just we don't see things that are that daring and strange most of the time in our, you know, big crazy, you know, blockbuster movies. So yeah, if anybody feels like uh, doing that, I would say that would here's, be really fun. Here's Katsuragi, not to break off, but okay. here's Katsuragi with the beret. Them. Oh yeah, yeah. That she only wear. I don't think she ever wears it in the actual show. It's just on the cover of like one of the DVDs and like promotional art. When here she is actually wearing the beret and the outfit from. Isn't the, she? Like, I think she wears it for quite a bit of the other movies too. Or she has different hats, maybe. Even. I don't know if I've seen that. Hat. I don't know if I've ever. Well, seen Wasn't she? Well, she has a hat on in the third one. 
right? Oh, oh, the movie, movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, saying yeah. the Misato. Oh, she the got movies. some. Cra- yeah, she's okay, got a bunch of spoilers. There's some crazy shit, and yeah, yeah. But she's she's got up. some different, you know, like accoutrement. But yeah, this is but the yeah. first. And there's also that cool little uh, ski lift that they're on. And I do, you know, we we talked a lot about in the other in the show, the postures of the characters saying so much about them. And I love in the ski lift that uh, Ritsuko has her legs crossed and like stockings and heels. Very and just like keeps still, and that Misana is like swinging her feet like a like a kid uh, no, the whole great. ride. I, I love that scene actually. I mean it's that cool. that dialogue was that in the first episode? Like just in a what different are they talking about? They're talking about how oh that's Hedgehog's dilemma. That is yeah that's Hedgehog's dilemma. That's so uh, yeah like second or yeah second episode third episode I think yeah because yeah yeah it's such a weird it is like it's like it, this it, to some degree like. Like we joked, Luke, after you got back from Japan the most recent time, and you were telling us all about the ride, and you were joking that you had like a little kid telling a story, or you said like Chris Farley on the Chris Farley show yeah. sketch in SNL. But like, like this movie almost like not in a in no way an insulting thing, but it almost feels like it is like somebody watched all of Evangelion and then tried to tell it, <laughs> tell the first chunk of it back to you. Yeah. That it, that and it somebody kind really of like liked Romeo. And then the Diamond Guy did this, and the Diamond Guy was so cool. <laughs> And he did all this other stuff. Or yeah. like or like you forgot and you're just trying to remember and tell somebody or something. Mm-hmm. Like there's like there's like it, like you'll land in a part where you remember really well and you'll be like, Yeah, and then all the underwear fell out of her drawer and he falls <laughs> over and his hands on her boob and she's like, Can you move? And he's like, Ugh. and like oh you do all that and then there's other parts where they're like, Yeah, it's like clearly they were like, Ah, there's this diamond guy, I think he was cool. I don't remember what he did, but like you know, like it's like that kind of thing. I don't know. There's something funny about it. like it does seem seem like like a dream version of it or something. I, I don't know. It's got... yeah. They they forgot about Aoba for the most part. <laughs> Poor. You get the other two techies in there, and Maya and uh, and Makoto get stuff to do, but Aoba only has like one line. Yeah, I did barely even notice them. Um, I will say though, you know, just going back to all the the Operation Yoshima Romeo battle stuff. That's what's really remarkable about the movie is how well it works as a climax. Because yes. it's a cool episode, and it's a two-parter, and it's like, mm-hmm. we learn a lot about Ray. But it is just, you know, I mean, he seems formidable. But the way, and it's interesting how they do it, because it's it's the same events, pretty much. But what they do with music, mm-hmm. and what they do with where they're spending the budget on the animation and choosing to change things... He seems so much more formidable than he did in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's truly scary, and the whole operation, just the way you see them preparing and building it up, and like flying the weapons in, and it's like it feels so dire. And then obviously the big new piece of music at the end, with the yes, like fucking pumps you up, and then that they build to this moment that becomes a hero moment for Shinji that it was not at all in the show of where he fails and then Misato is like pleading with Gendo to like no trust your son because he's like take him out of there he can't do it again get rid of the pilot and Misato's like you know appears in like giant red on his screen is like no I'm putting my hands in your son you know my fate in your son's hands and believe in him give him another chance and Ava you know once crawling back to the weapon and the music's like booming and it's like holy shit it's like a climax in a way that it was not at all so that Moment when Ray jumps in front of him to protect oh, him. Oh, it's very like, emotional. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. so many. I've seen every time I watch the show and every time I watch the movies, see these same fucking events again and again, and I got goosebumps watching it tonight. No, that felt like Gandalf showing up at Helm's Deep. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. like, you know, when they like look to the, I get chills even when I just say it. It's like when the sun on the whatever day looked to the east. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember being in the fucking theater and just like chills shooting across my body, like a yeah. single tear, maybe multiple coming down. And just be like, he's here. <laughs> oh my God. And it's like, yeah, there's like that same kind of feeling when like, you know, she's like, like, like Ray, protect she's you. like, so just to be oh, clear, my only job is to protect I love it. the car. He's like, okay, I understand. And then it's like, so you know it's happening. And especially if you fucking see the show before, you know what's going to happen. But you're right. It's like because of all the sort of like drama of it. it. It's they just really cool. land it. It's like they, they cover the song and they do it better. I mean, uh, you know, for for a lot of the things, I, I, I prefer the show to the movies. I just, I always will because it's the thing and it's longer and you get... The phone that doesn't ring, and you get all that time right. to breathe, and you get hit, you know, welcome home, Shinji, all, all that stuff that we lose as we're just like r- racing through here. But the orchestration of the action and that beat, and and I'm a guy that likes fist fights, you know, I like my kung fu movies. So this is the most abstract fight of like they're just gonna snipe it, like that's not whatever. It's, sniping is that's usually the cool. least exciting. It's so boring. <laughs> it's so it's really an inert battle of like this thing is slowly drilling down. It's stationary, and you're going to shoot it from miles away with a gun. It's like, well, that sounds fucking boring. But the fact that this thing screams and rotates and changes shape, (laughs) bounces missiles off, fires shit, it, like, becomes so dynamic, and they just land it, yeah, in such a powerful way. I kind of, I wonder... So just so props to that. in In my mind, the kind of, like, I would love to have heard the conversations with the design team or whoever was pitching these things because in my mind it kind of seems like it's like okay this was the one that is like a like a clear geometric shape right uh-huh. like like that was always what it was and that was it's what made it interesting in the first place but it is almost like and i'm not an expert on this stuff so i don't I mean, whatever but they're like taking it from a simple geometric shape and being like yeah but what if it could like fractalize itself like mm-hmm. it does sort of like split apart into an organized pattern Right of geometric shapes, it's yes. like it is made up of that, and it it's not has... a liquid metal like Terminator yeah. situation. It it yeah, f- f- fractals. Is yeah, it does. It, like I think, and I, and I'd be curious what like if you could you know like if you actually could see like all of the you know whatever like sketches and design work that they did to figure it out. It does seem like it's like yeah, it's snapping to in a oh the, the clang every time it like goes back into the diamond, and you can hear like the. Oh, it's so fucking cool. So satisfying. Just that, yeah, that everything about it is, it is geometric. That it's like yeah. it's like there's it's a, a crystal. You know, yeah. like they talk about like you know like 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 a, like a Lovecraftian kind of you know impossible uh, mm-hmm. uh, non Euclidean geometry. You know, kind and, of right. And you but know, it's bound together angels. by some 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 forces connecting the mm-hmm. the physical mass of this thing in a way that is a completely alien to us. I mean, mm-hmm, when this mm-hmm. show, when I first watched this show, I mean, I was I was pretty much on board immediately, but when that angel showed up for the first time, <laughs> it's what really did it for me because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're calling this thing an angel. It yeah. looks like a it's like a geometric shape, like you guys were saying before. That <laughs> the, the fascination of those combined elements, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it immediately like kind of like launched it into like a new I don't know, like stratosphere for me as far as like, well, yeah. this is like transcending what I, mm-hmm. what I anticipated this show to be. And then it just kind of kept upping the ante. And so I think they just like stayed super true to that with this, with this film. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that end sequence really is something to be studied in terms of, cause I don't even, I haven't really studied it enough myself. So to be like, well, how exactly do they pull this off? Like, what is it that's making it so epic? I mean, music's a lot of it. But and we always talk about the editing, 
Mm-hmm. But there's there's something that because it's it's effective in the show, but it's it's so effective here. Well, there's added scenes as well. I think uh, speaking to like the 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 circumstances and how, like you said, Luke, how dire it is. I think there's mm-hmm. I don't remember in the show if there was that like kind of underground bunker room like under like the like the the yeah, tungsten lamp not, it, where they're all kind mm-hmm. of gathered together. Well, it was uh-huh. like a World War II movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of just like laying out the stakes, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't recall if that was in the show or not. I mean, uh, you certainly don't have Misato taking Shinji aside and showing him Lilith and saying, "Here's we're actually all in this together." No, you like, don't have that at all. Like, again, it's it's more of a hero moment for him of like that he fails and then he has to get back up and do it again. And the music blares is like Shinji just kind of, you know, he just does his Shinji thing. And this maybe that's what it he is. He gets a more more of an arc here that maybe feels... that's what it is yeah. ultimately it's, 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 like, it's extending it and it's building in like the suspense of all of that it, like it's this isn't another day at the office that that was surprisingly difficult which is mm-hmm. kind of how it's she does establish the stakes very clearly yeah in in because in the show this is you know like they they you know it's like he shows up to work it's a monster of the week you know it, it does it does the show is almost designed to kind of like lull you into a, a, a false sense of security with what the show is going to be. So at that point in the narrative of the show, it it's like, well, here we are at work again. Here's another angel. Well, this one's kind of weird. Whoa, this one surprised us. And, the, and so it's like, it's like, it's not, is like, I mean, it's the end of the world every day they show up to work, right? I mean, that is like uh-huh, from the beginning, uh-huh. that is what you're supposed to understand it to be. So that is an aberrance, but it doesn't feel particularly climactic because there's going to be another right, one. Right, there's going to be another one. Yeah, whatever, and then this is this where is it like does, in, movie, in it order does to like be a movie, you're right. Yeah, because what I was saying before is like there is sort of a security blanket in terms of being overwhelmed of like, well, no, I can deal with it because I kind of understand the pattern. My pattern recognition kicks in of like, I know what a television episode of television operates like. But this has to operate like a movie. Mm-hmm. So they do have to build in this climax and make this one feel like, oh shit, this is the biggest one. Like, it's ne- You ain't never seen nothing like this. This is the ultimate. It's the decisive battle. Yeah. To, you know, the, to, to quote the track listing. Um, but I do love this scene. I remember being... Because when this trailer came out, Evangelion was Evangelion to me. And like so dear to me. And I remember the uh, uh, Utada uh, song. This is the the vocalist who does the music for the Kingdom Hearts games. I don't know if you've any, anyone mm-hmm. played Kingdom I've never Hearts. Played those. Uh, yeah, but um, Hikari Utada does. She's the singer, and she does this beautiful world song. And like in the trailer, it was just that song with like these clips. And it, and I'm pretty sure in one of the trailers you see a shot of Misato and Shinji holding hands, like in the elevator here. And I just that image is super powerful to me because yes. the show is so much about hands. And even in this movie, you see him look at his hand with the blood when Ray's injured, and he decides, okay, I'll pilot the, the Evangelion. And then he looks at his hand after he punches Toji for the first time to like retaliate. He's like, oh shit, like my hands can also be you know weapons of destruction. Do these things. And then Misato takes his hand, shows him, look, we're all in this together. The angels are trying to get to this thing, and if they do, we're all dead. You're not chosen for any special reason. It's just this is your fate, kid. And like in that elevator, like during a part of all that sequence, there's that that moment when she like he grips her hand. Like so he's been like sort of this sums up Shinji as well. Of like he's sort of like I will let you hold my hand. And then we do see a moment when he actually is like, No, I I'm actively holding your mm-hmm. hand back, which is super important. Yeah, I just it all it all it, 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 it's the tape taping over the echoes the, the, the you know 
there's some somehow I just I can still feel that that like things like that where you you're you're getting a different kind of emphasis or something like I don't know like if I was to follow along with that theory I would say well that like you know some some there's a familiarity there that is implacable for Shinji where he does trust her more now mm. even though he's only known her for a few you know or something sure. like that I don't know sure. I mean I could just be reaching here but it, well I think th- yeah I mean I think any any of those kinds of things you could also just again yeah second pass. it's yeah second pass from the writers of like yeah mm-hmm. and we need to do it quicker we need to more quickly establish the growth of their relationship you know um, oh i do want to i do want to mention something um you know as 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 i is we're always like to tracking evangelion through pop culture and how it's it's you know becoming more and more a well-known thing which is oftentimes you know sometimes fans mm-hmm. don't like it when that happens i personally love it and the other day uh i think you saw this kevin with mm-hmm. uh daniel lapayton uh yes. also known as one Tricks point never uh a musician composer uh one of my favorite artists but uh you know most well known for his work on the safety brothers most recent films uh, uncut gems mm-hmm. and good time uh he tweeted the other day what's the track Shinji's, Shinji's always listening to? Right. And I was like, hell yeah. There's something that makes me so happy when, I mean, the, the fact that he's a musician and, and sure. you know, it's like just what like... Because we saw Tony Hawk, right? Did we talk about that in the last oh, episode? That, he had a, like a toy or something? Yeah, Tony Hawk had something. That's pretty... It's, I wonder, that's, I, I assume that's his kids, but at the same time, fucking... Yeah, really no, I, th- I, I don't remember, but... And then I did, like, just last night, I saw Paul F. Tompkins, like, had a oh, Twitter yeah? poll... Well, his Twitter poll was like, you know, like I was born in 1964 or whatever. Like, is it too late for me to get into anime? Yes, no. <laughs> and then I, I checked. I was like, well, let me just see. And it was, it was like 70% like, yes, you could still get okay, into good, it. Good, good, good. But then the first comment that came up for me, I don't know if Twitter has some algorithm or something, but the first comment I saw was somebody being like, yes, you should watch Evangelion. Yeah. So I got on there and I was like, yeah, watch Evangelion. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe 2020 is the year that Paul F. Tompkins watches Evangelion. I'd love to think. I, that it happens. I yeah. I mean, I, I I would like any anyone that I like to see this show, and and just join the conversation. I think you know. I don't know if there's been any kind of like negative. Have we, have we had any of the like no. fan broy stuff? That's the, the like you know. I say we as though like we're you know. But like I did find this. I did look on Reddit. Only to say it's a very. I, I consider the Evangelion fandom to be a warm one and a friendly one. We certainly are. And anybody who's getting into it for the first time. They're welcome to, you know, we're not no, trying to keep anybody because, out. This isn't a inspired stuff. Yeah, I don't know if there's gatekeeping in the same. I'm sure there is that we're just not aware. Yeah, of. I mean, fans. There's always some contingent of fans. But that I are did horrible, but. just looking for stuff. Hop on the Evangelion Reddit, and I saw. This I post. haven't looked much on that. I should probably should. It's it's interesting. I saw this post from somebody named Pino Kulo, um, and it's got you know bro- broken English, so they're probably you know it's probably not their first language or whatever. Which you know just. Sorry, it kind of adds to the charm of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I'll just read this thing because it's so good, and I think it's—I think we can all relate. Uh, Evangelion has psychologically shocked me, and I can't get over this moment of existential crisis. Discussion. I finished watching Evangelion two or three months ago, and I can't stop thinking about it. I wake up in the morning thinking about Evangelion. I wake up at night thinking about Evangelion, <laughs> and often I can't get to sleep just thinking about that program. That anime, with its meaning so explicit and at the same time so complicated, so heretical, I consider myself agnostic, so it shouldn't have struck me uh, uh, so much. And instead, 
In short, I've tried them all, disconnected from the internet, tried to do something that keeps me busy, but nothing. And I can't get over this moment. I wouldn't visit a psychologist also because I don't feel like I'm sick, but I'm reevaluating this option. I do not consider myself depressed, but at the same time, I would like to cry continuously for hours. By the way, I can't grasp the positive meaning of the end of Neon Genesis <laughs> in the sense that I only see it as a huge catastrophe. And Shinji's repentance at the end with the background song Calm Suser Toad, in fact... I did not understand anything about Neon Genesis Evangelion, except despite having seen many videos on psychology of Evangelion and philosophy of Evangelion. For example, let's take a film by Kubrick, which I like very much, which varies philosophical meanings. But after seeing a film of those, I don't think about it for three months, in my case at least. Wow. The problem is that Neon Genesis Evangelion and the end of Evangelion are brutally raw on the themes they deal with, and other films, series, or short films do not deal with the themes of life as Neon Genesis Evangelion does. I have to stop thinking continuously about that series. Is there a way to, quote, stop thinking about Evangelion? Sorry if this reflection is very rambling with the grammatical errors, but for now, it is the only way I have to, let's say, express a concept that I cannot express in words. Thanks in advance for the replies if this post is even seen by anyone. Wow. <laughs> it's just like, yep. It pretty wow. much sums it up. So human instrumentality happened in an alternate dimension, and that guy is all the Evangelion fans put together. Is like the most, like the most, like that's like the most. I mean, as succinct isn't really quite the word because it is quite long, but like that's such a great response from somebody to get the first. Like, somebody's like articulating yeah. their inarticulateness, and mm -hmm. like, I, like I want to know everything about that person now. Sure, like I would like to know where they're from. I'd like to know how oh, old we, they are. I'm sure that we can look for their other Reddit posts. Yeah, no, I'm gonna send it to I'm me. I'm sure they, they will quickly, you know, milkshake duck themselves by like <laughs> sure, you know, sure. saying something horrible. <laughs> or, like, they're on some terrible alt right. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, or, it's, or it's. I mean, it's. I mean, I guess it's like you said. It's probably somebody in another country. But like, I would like. like it's like. Is that a 13 year old? Is that a 29 year old? Is that a 40 year old? I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I would love it. Let's get them on the show. Let's find out. But uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, I think yeah, I felt. The same way and like wow what a fucking powerful thing for a piece of commercial art to do like i and don't know highly commercial art i do think that like we, we we talk about it a lot but like it's like this is so popular this isn't like a niche it's a niche thing to like american audiences right because it's not but it's like it, it like and world, i guess it started sort of niche in japan but now it's i mean like kevin you got this art book that's that's the evangelion illustrations 2007 to 2017 and it's the majority of it is advertisements. Like mm -hmm. it's just them standing in front of Seven Eleven, in front of Lawson's, drinking UCC coffee, flip phones, eye drops, like just beautiful illustrations of all the Evangelion characters in like wonderful fashion outfits using eye drops as part of an ad campaign for some medicine in Japan. What well, in this in the fucking movie? I mean, we were calling it out. Like, I mean, it's not like they, they. I mean, they they create some of their own brands. And the other in the show, you know, had real brands as well. But like, it was there's like Pizza Hut boxes. Yeah, there was a lot of Doritos, ties. Doritos yeah, like yeah. prominently featured. Like Doritos that Masato keeps in the fridge. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, you know, maybe those are really good. Maybe cold Doritos are a great idea. I don't know. But like, it's like, it's like, you know, there's the was it the famous? Uh, is it David Lynch's? Does he have a thing about was it product placement? Was one of his famous memeable like fuck that bullshit or something like there is like people are so we're so used to like the rejection of that in in american movies but there's so much paps blue ribbon that's bought because of david lynch yeah, absolutely and i think it's probably like a funny like <laughs> everybody feels bad about that because it's like at the time that was before because then product placement like i want to say it was around in the 80s or something when that sort of became you know and it's not necessarily like 
you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing because the reality. I don't, of it I is, don't mind it. I'm more distracted by a plain white can that says beer in giant black letters yeah, than I am by seeing a Budweiser. Choice. I think my biggest complaint with it is just that you you are so limited because it's to me like the type of beer a character drinks. Like I mean, this show gets to do it really well because like Masato, it says a lot about her. You know the type of things that she eats mm-hmm. and drinks and stuff like that, and the type of you know the the, in, the Doritos are a little distracting. It's <laughs> a little bit distracting, but like, but it's like like in in movies where it's like you just notice that every single character in a movie drinks one brand of beer because that's the brand that they can right, clear sure. with the the you know product placement people and stuff. Because it is just the reality of it is is like if you're gonna have a character consume a product that would have a label on it, why would you not just get a real label unless you're making something that you're intentionally. Red apple that. cigarettes, baby. Yeah, and it's and that's a fun thing too. But it's like you know, I I mean, this is a huge piece of media property, mm-hmm. you know, in Japan, and so like of course, like they advertise with it. Of course, they're going to put some of the stuff in there, and it's just funny that it's like that's the kind of thing that like there was such a big uproar about it in the states, like I don't know, maybe like ten years ago, that like now when you watch this now, it's just like yeah, well, you know, they, I mean, that's <laughs> you go to the Seven Eleven in Japan, you're gonna find Doritos with Masato on them, so she might as well eat them in the show. I don't know. It's not that crazy. <laughs> she <laughs> should eat the ones that have her own picture on yeah. them. Yeah. Actually, they, yeah, they only put the kids on the merchandise, which fucking sucks. Oh, they do? Yeah. She eats the Mari Doritos. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no... Yeah, Mari's not in this Mari's one, so not here yet. We can't talk about it. We can't the, talk about her. I think the inclusion of all that stuff in, in this show is a, is a benefit to the show in terms of creating some sort of like authentic relationship. Mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, the fact that they go people... to Lawson's, like, like we all we all reacted Absolutely. to it. Because yeah, if you've Lawson's, been to Japan, baby. you've been to a Lawson's before. Yeah. And so even just seeing the Lawson's logo, which you know whether or not Lawson's paid for that or whether there was you know who knows, but it's like yeah, it it, it it's it's this weird thing that like we've all talked about because we've all been there. But that like even though the show is like a post-apocalyptic or pre-apocalyptic, depending on how you want to look at it, science fiction mm-hmm. giant monster thing, it still carries with it like a deep amount of like verisimilitude in terms of like the texture of of mm-hmm. tokyo specifically of japan specifically of like you know the sounds and the you know when you see her crack a kirin you know and i think it's like one of the kirins that they don't sell here because it's like we only have like one or two but they've got like you know it's like their biggest there's like 15 different things so it's like it's like seeing that immediately just made me want to be in a Kirin 7-eleven in tokyo giraffe, to buy a beer i believe do what? i think that means giraffe Kieran? Yeah. Does it? I think so. That I mean, I don't know cool. if your listeners are aware that you would, you know, notably bring UCC coffee to Luke and myself. Uh, I tried to today, but they episodes. didn't have them at the store. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, UCC coffee is the fucking, it's like, you know, Luke got me into that because you guys. Because of Milano's yeah. favorite yeah. coffee. Yeah, that's just his, that's just what he drinks. And so it's like, there's something so pleasing about when you see the characters drink it, you know that Anna drinks it and you drink it while you're watching it. It's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, those, are, those are nice things. Um, all right. So we've been going on a lot of rambles here. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting with this one because it's the narrative content is largely the same. So it's largely stuff that we've covered. We've, we've highlighted some of the differences, but you know, key frames of animation were used. I mean, it, it's entire sequences. Yeah. I mean, we're at the Shinji goes to, to give the ID card to Ray and startled, you know, walks in on her when she's coming out of the shower that sequence is i believe right. shot for shot right yeah. Kevin? and so so mm-hmm. it's redone but yeah it's like in in some cases you know it is the same 
animation. You know, the, mm-hmm. the basis of the animation is the same. Um, it's a you know real crazy technical process. I think the Blu-ray has stuff that kind of walks you through exactly what it is oh, really? that they did. That's cool. I'd like to look um, at that. Yeah. So, but there's you know there's there's less to say. So I don't. Is there anything that we missed in terms of? events that we want to highlight as being But there's a different. curious thing. It might be like a really small aside, but it, 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 it hasn't happened yet, I don't think. No, it hasn't. When when Masato takes Shinji down to level EEE, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, coming up here in, in a bit before he fights uh, Romuel, um, did you notice that they pass through like oh, a yes, zone that yes, is basically like mo- it's not molecular, but it's like it's it looks like, like a microscopic, yeah, wait, biological. Yeah, Fast forward to this. It's I a very see bizarre. It's so Th- they're like traveling through the innards of yes. some gigantic creature. It yes. looks like oh, I did the big, big, vague memories of yes, because that's a lot not of, yeah. There's a lot of quick things that you miss like there's sure in, in, in this movie more so than in the show because again there's just more shots there's just more cuts there's just more everything and it's like so there's like and a it's ton all of moving details. pretty fast mm-hmm. yeah God, it's so beautiful part. i love though. this pose by gendo by the oh, way yeah gendo is <laughs> slouchy it's just such a it, it's such a beautiful I, I, movie. I don't know. I gotta laugh every time Gendo rose up on his little elevator though. This time I did. I did get a laugh. Just at that. like kind of rising in and out, like. Whoop, he, well, it reminded whoop. me of it reminded me of Will Ferrell on that like Segway in the in the I forget what what that sketch was where they're all like the fashion. He's sort of like a uh-huh. Carl Lagerfeld looking guy or something where they're from Zoolander. No, but it was it was it was similar. It was an SNL sketch where it was like. Do you remember what it was? Like? I don't know, but now I'm just thinking how much I want to be in a world where there's an Evangelion sketch where Will Ferrell plays Gendo. Oh my god! <laughs> Will oh, Ferrell in a oh Gendo my costume. god! Shinji, get in the robot! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh god! It's, yeah, imagining a world where Evangelion was like why pop- is the door locked? <laughs> popular enough. Asuka's in there. What? Shinji. And like Michael Sarah plays Shinji. It's like Michael Sarah is like hosting yeah, he's that the week. Yeah, guest host. Oh, I there yeah. it is. Yeah, they're like going down into Central Dogma, and they do pass through. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck that was. It almost looks like no. I don't know. You guys aren't innards. Enormous. Yeah, like a forest of like blood vessels. It kind of. I mean, it's some of it reminds. It does remind me of Star Trek Discovery a little bit. Um. With like the the mycelial network shit that they do. Oh sure, yeah. Which uh-huh. which is another, and I don't know who to accredit it to because there's a lot of people that work on that show and shape it. But I I actually do think the season finale of season two of Star Trek Discovery was the most Evangelion like, one of the most Evangelion like American TV things I've seen. And so mm-hmm. I don't know who if it's Kurtzman or if if it's Akiva. I don't know. <laughs> like right. you know somebody there is watching Evangelion. I I, I suspect mm-hmm. it's one of the directors, but. Uh, uh, and then yeah, fucking Lilith with all these like twitching I, legs. Because Lilith and shit. has a scar that looks like Misato's scar on her chest. Now. Interesting. The lance is already in there, as whereas in the show, Gendo and Futsuki went to Antarctica to get it. That's and there's also multiple crosses, or multiple lance-looking things. I guess they're crosses, like crosses, yeah, yeah. stabbed into into her. Um, very interesting, and I believe i can't really see it in this shot but i think i read that the yes the old sailor symbol is in her eyes 
if you look very closely. Yeah, I guess in her so. Bird Mercatial eyes. Black they look eyes. like stakes in her eyes. Like screws or something. Like yeah. they look like the same kind of nails that are in her oh, hands. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, through her face. Oh, that's good lord. That's a fucking cool, disturbing visual concept of like like a a. It's yeah, because it's like a crucifixion pose. But imagine if like crucifixion included nails in the hands, but also putting two nails through your eyes. Oh my god! Like that's like something Very from like upsetting. that's almost something from like a Rob Zombie this, movie or something. This like, reminds me. Did you guys ever see this thing? I mean, Lilith is such a powerful fucking image. I love it. But there was this short film, some special effects artist or somebody put online, and it was it ripped off tons of imagery from Evangelion, like cross-shaped explosions and this like LCL shit. And, and the big thing I remember was there was a bullet in slow-mo going through a cigarette and then through somebody's face. That sounds vaguely familiar to me. But it was like a trailer for a fake movie... And it was, you know, like, sometimes come up, like, he didn't die for your sins. He didn't die at all. And it, like, was this, like, government organization that had Jesus on a cross, like, in a central dogma type thing. And the it was, like, an image of Jesus there, but it was using all the iconography and, like, religious action beats of Evangelion done in live action. And I don't know if it was an homage or uh, just a ripoff. And I don't know because I don't remember what. Maybe if we Google that phrase, we can find it and put it in the show notes we or something. We should find it because I, I like I don't even really have enough information to find the fucking thing again. But I remember like Will or somebody sent it to me. This was like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and it was just like what they're fucking ripping off of it. Like, what is this thing? <laughs> I have, what I have a not weird seen this curiosity what, yeah, that I hadn't thought about there, in years. If anybody out there knows what the fuck Luke's talking about, if you find it before us, please send it to us. Just another dream. Just another dream. <laughs> like Kensuke want like being in Central Dogma and like shouting like that memory that I had that I've detailed on here before that I kept waiting for on the show and then just didn't come back. I you don't remember it. me talking about that? See now I have like now that's like now, now you're talking about that is a dream for me. I'm like yeah, kinda. Yeah. Wild shit. I'll see if I can find that thing. I mean, there's a bunch of there was it was sort of I think it still maybe kind of is, but there was sort of like an internet like filmmaker thing to do for a while to kind of do recreations or homages sure. to anime stuff. Cause it like, uh, recreating the Akira. Yeah. Stuff Santiago. Ghost that, in the shell. The, yeah. The ghost, the, 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 was it, was it Rupert Sanders that did the, did he do the ghost in the shell test thing? I don't remember, but somebody did the ghost in the shell opening in live action, the opening. Oh no. Yeah. Was, he did, he's his thing. He did the, the black hole thing when he was trying to do it. But like, um, but, or like, what's his name? Uh, dude, the don't breathe guy. His like short film that got him the thing was like a giant robot, giant monster thing. I think mm. it was like kind of like a thing to go like, okay, well if you can oh Fede, out, yeah, yeah, Fede is a like thing a... that like blew him up or whatever. Yeah, um, and so I'm sure that whatever that is was probably you know an early iteration. Of yeah, I think like so. That. Some sort but of. I'd be test curious reeler. to see, and I'd be curious to see if you know. I'll see if what I can that find guy's it up again. to. <laughs> Whoever Very made that, weird. what they up to? Yeah. But it was like just like sort of literalizing the like religious iconography of the show of like. Would be cool if it was Jesus and not this monster thing, which is not true. Because yeah. uh, he was like hooked up to like pipes and shit. Like it was, it was weird. Like steampunk, I, steampunk Jesus. I think Mexican so. Thing. I think so, man. The internet is a weird and oh, scary man. place. I really hope. I really hope. Well, now I don't know if I want this to exist or not exist because it would be funny if it was a dream you had. It would be great if I just could not find this thing and there's no mm. evidence that it ever existed. 
I had so, I've had things like that. I mean, I, I I'm trying to remember now, but yeah. Do you start you you next thing we know is like you're guesting on reply all, like trying to figure out. Like, oh, like actually like putting the whole yeah, like yeah, trying to figure be... out the puzzle of what the fuck this thing is. This is my Shazam Kazam. Yeah, the <laughs> Berenstein Berenstein uh, situation. Well, mm-hmm. we've done a whole another thing. Do yeah, we... there's not. I mean, unless there's anything else to discuss yeah I, d- I don't know what that fucking thing that they descend through in the elevator is other than pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, this is like this i think we'll we'll there will be uh much much more discussion once we get into the uh subsequent movies and i want to i want to just give another shout out to michael rickard who's already gotten a shout out on the oh show, yes yes he's compiled a uh i've i've retweeted it from the sync ratios twitter and maybe from my own Twitter. I definitely have. I, I, guys, I check the sync ratios Twitter every once in a while, but not as often as I check my own Twitter because I'm having to run the two and I don't really check Twitter all that often anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I did retweet it so you can find it there. But he's done a letterboxed and compiled like every piece of media that we've referenced that we've referenced on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you were like looking for. Yeah, like this, like compendium of like everything we've ever brought up, and it's all there. I, which, which you know, for the most part, is just is a like badass the, list of like this is cool shit you should watch. Yeah, no, I mean it's like it's like, like one or two things that got referenced, you know, just like random stuff. But yeah. I know I I take that as a huge compliment, and I think it's really, it's really sweet that 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 uh, anyone cares that enough doing to, that. I think yeah. that's really cool, and I think like you know, uh, it's just a nice. It's again, we're a friendly, we're a friendly group of fans. It's a, we invite you in. Watch all these things, you know. Mm-hmm. Get the references, the random, disparate things that uh, our brains connect yeah. to this thing. And uh, we really appreciate anybody who takes the time to listen and listen that closely and enjoy it. If you enjoy it, thank you. If you want to send us stuff or tell us about things or whatever, you know, like thank you for that too. If you want to get Academy Award winners to talk about you know to say our names in a jfk voice that's fucking awesome too you know yeah. like uh so I'm, I'll, I'll add to the list i want to uh, and i can tell you guys about this too I'm, I'm only like eight or nine episodes in but there's a show shinichiro watanabe if you don't know he directed a little show called cowboy bebop yes uh he's done a lot of shows and i haven't seen all of them but i did start watching one on netflix that's called carol and tuesday never heard of it which is just a show about two gals on Mars that are trying to make music together in a world where most music is made by AI. They're like two street musicians, and it's just just a real sweet story of these great. girls like trying to make music. The animation is fucking beautiful. Wow. Okay. There's there's like character like there's people of color that are like prominent characters in the show, which you don't really often get to see in anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, in like well represented you know characteristics. Um, the music is fucking cool like i like pop music i think probably you know more than you guys to some extent but like the songs are really fucking good it's a cool show uh and so i definitely you know in terms of anime i watch a lot of anime uh and that's when i found this is pretty fucking good that actually there's for no reason at all other than just japanese culture and interesting music plots i'm just going to drop another one because i want to remember this movie i think i have it somewhere downloaded but there is a believe it's a shinji oyama movie called my god my god what have you done or something <laughs> er, eri eri something something it's i should find out the thing but it's about two guys that are noise musicians mm. that, oh, that fuck. there's like it's it's like an it's like a apocalyptic yeah. pandemic movie 
about uh, a sound virus. Oh, uh, you showed me the climax of this yeah, movie. Yeah, that like I think it makes people kill themselves or something and it's like these two guys that are into like like building their own guitars and shit and just making noise end up like fighting the virus at the end by just like plugging all their shit up and just rocking out <laughs> to like, you know, fight the sound virus and I don't uh-huh. remember how it ends, but just you just saying these two, you know, you know, girls on Mars trying to make music, it just something clicked in my brain and uh-huh. I haven't thought about that you, movie in a while. Uh, no, man, I remember you brought that up to me like 12 years ago and this is the <laughs> first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, it's because it, it was really hard to find for a minute. It was like a really um, – because most of his movies haven't been uh, even released here. And I'm going to look up to get the thing right. <laughs> um, yeah, Shin, Shinji Oyama. Total coincidence, by the way, that his name is Shinji. Um, but mm. uh, but he has made a couple really good movies. And I'm going to find the name of this one. Eri Eri Rama – well, you can probably read it, Luke. You know Japanese better. Eri Emma Rema Sabakutani. I think that means like, my God, my God, what have you done? I think. Yeah, but he that's it's a it's a fun movie. If I remember correctly, it's pretty cool. It's from two thousand five, um, and I can't mention him without mentioning his two thousand film Eureka, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and uh, yeah, so Japanese films. There's two more. Add in the list, Mike. <laughs> yeah, now Everybody needs to know these things. Throwing shit. So yeah, some of those might be hard to find yeah. on Letterboxd. I wonder. Um, but that makes them. That Kevin, makes what do you got? What's your What's your wreck? Guys, yeah, I've just been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I realize I'm like two years, three years late on this. Uh, <laughs> but that's or right on time. Maybe right on time for me personally. Right now is is the perfect time to be playing this. So sure. What's your favorite aspect of the game? Um, I'm a huge Shadow of the Colossus fan. Um, I was a Shadow of the Colossus fan before I was a Zelda fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love the integration of that type of open world play. Um, you know, I love the Kokoro, the, what are the Kokoros? The little tree creature fairy things. Oh the yeah. Kokoros? The, the Kuk- Kokoro? Kokoro? What are they called? So sorry for anyone who actually gives a shit about this game that, <laughs> and, you know, with me butchering it here. Uh, but I love uh, ever since Ben showed me that you could accidentally drop the rocks on their heads and they make a little <laughs> ah sound. I, I I make sure to do that every time I find one of these things. No, it's the best. Yeah, that game is very fun. So I agree. All right. You got me playing it again because I've been watching you play it and be like, God, damn. <laughs> I gotta gotta get more shrines. But uh, all right, guys. Yeah. So will. I'll let you know, I guess, in terms of what I th- I think we don't want to just rush through because we only have two more movies. Yeah, you know, we only have two and three to get through, and we're gonna get through them. Of course, I'm, I'm sure we'll get at least two episodes out of each movie. Clearly, but I think it might be fun to take a break and do a Shin Godzilla or some other related. We all love Shin Godzilla. Yeah, we're and gonna Sh- do it tonight. I mean, Shin but you, Godzilla is Luke, Luke told you know was right to say, guys, we gotta we gotta give the people what they want. They, people have been waiting. Our, our, the, the listeners that we have, yeah. Uh, God bless you. Yeah, you, I mean the rebuild movie is what we needed to do, and we've kept people waiting long enough. So I wanted to at least get started on that. I think you know Shin Godzilla is you know an Evangelion movie in spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I I think. It's definitely worth covering from, you know, the the music with Shiro Sagisu to the 
visual. I mean, there's definitely some visuals here in yep. the same way that Gunbuster Two is like, oh, okay, it's leading into this, and Nadia's Secret of Blue Water is leading into the original Evangelion. Uh, you could certainly see in this, like, okay, they're getting ready to do Shin Godzilla. A lot of the same team from designers to mm-hmm. directors to, yeah. Yeah, those shots of Lilith at the end are definitely a uh... call to mind some Shin mm-hmm. Godzilla stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we'll figure out the schedule. I mean, we're going to do our best to keep a weekly thing, but obviously in these uncertain times, it's <laughs> oddly not always guaranteed. But, you know, we're going to keep it up and, and um, you know, we'll As long we as can. we're done by January or whenever... That's and look, you know, honestly, if this show ends up turning into like, you know, like a, a repetition kind of thing, like yeah. we're all surmising, <laughs> you know, if the world's still around in 12 years, Ben and Luke, you yeah. know, will yeah. just reapproach the show yeah. all over again. I think that's true. actually, that actually probably would be pretty fun. In 12 years. And <laughs> just, I uh, got, I got more about these light novels to tell you guys. I yeah, I'm actually, like I've been crazy, eyeing that. Crazy shit to tell you of like, I mean, just wait. Shinji has a ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not the least of it. There's two whole chapters describing his ponytail. There are Evangelions that there's there's additions to an Evangelion that can wear that turns him into a centaur. There's centaur Evangelions. (laughs) Wow, okay. And there's illustrations that accompany, but like like two Evangelions, like in a like, like, a, like in a donkey suit for Halloween, sort of, yeah, like like over like, the... like you take Ava Unit Two and you attach these legs on the back, and now it looks like a centaur. It has four legs. Uh, I guess it can run crazy faster. shit. Uh, very disappointed that Evangelion Dawn, the mobile phone game, is no more. Fuck, I really, really needed it election week, and that was the week that it went down. Really, and so I wanted to just be. Mining shards for my <laughs> Evangelion That's team. A fucking bummer. Yeah. Do we get? Just, you know, can somebody, can somebody just make like a game that's as good as Breath of the Wild or Death Stranding, but just about Evangelion? Can we just have that instead? That'd be so sick. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I mean, Death Stranding is pretty Evangelion. It is absolutely. Uh, Which that's yeah, I played that in, in quarantine, and that's that that got me through a couple weeks for sure. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. So I think tentatively, let's say Shin Godzilla, but you know, we'll we'll yeah, see. we'll figure it out. Maybe maybe something else will pop up. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's good talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, Kevin. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. All right. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs>